to the Fields of Fantasy, Fantasy 5 Podcast, presented by TH Fantasy Football. Welcome to the week 15 edition of the Fields of Fantasy, Fantasy 5 Podcast. The full holy trinity of TH Fantasy Football are reunited once again for the first time in a few weeks. How are we, gentlemen? Excited to be back in the, the three of us. It's, uh, it's quite emotional. It's, it's nice for you to join us. Thank you. Yeah, I thought I'd bother this yeah. week. Yeah. Glad you put the effort in. <laughs> yeah. Good how you've got the chance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a quick rundown of Thursday Night Football. And so we are recording bright and early on Friday morning. So Thursday Night Football is a couple of hours in the books. And we've not watched the highlights yet. But I was very confused when I woke up this morning and checked Sleeper to see points and scores. I mean, unbelievable. Well, not unbelievably. That clearly was a scoring army, quite excitingly. But what a ridiculous score. So when I saw 63 points, I assumed the Raiders had saved all their points last week to make sure they all went into the one game. When I then had a look down through the scores, I said, well, it must be a mistake because no one has got a massive, massive score. So the highest score, fancy, who was it? Adams. It was Adams or, no, it was the, um, the uh, Raiders' defence. Yep, the yeah. Raiders' defence scored 29 points. I was sure Adams would have had a big game when I saw those 63 points on the board, but the touchdowns were spread out. Eastern Stick was usable. Started in 1% of redraft leagues and 5% of dynasty leagues. That difference is quite interesting to show. QB scarcity with injuries can hit you much harder in dynasty when you've got deep benches. Only Josh Palmer gave a big score for the Chargers, though. Solid scores across the board for the Raiders, but no monster scores. Interestingly, 10 out of the 14 fancy relevant players, including defense, involved exceeded their projections, several comfortably so. Apart from my Chargers defense, who I've got all over the place and scored me negative three points. Well, well, or full disclosure, uh, if the game hadn't have been last night, I would have recommended them in the defences. So uh, a lucky escape. We have been saved by the scheduling gods. But we'll watch that game later and we shall report back on the main show. But let's get into the meat of this week. Your five morsels of fancy food for thought are on their way. Plug and play QBs. At this stage of the season, you're either desperate for that win to advance in the playoffs or desperate for that win to make sure you do not progress in the toilet bowl. I know for any of our listeners that are involved in our stateside leagues, you may well be fighting for a championship and promotion or may well be cautiously trying to avoid relegation. 16 starting quarterbacks have missed time this season, nine of whom have missed four-plus games or will miss four-plus games by the end of the season. So this could still be very, very important for people, especially with Herbert and Stroud being out now as well. Can you pick it? Not so much. Brock Purdy. See, unlikely, he's well beyond that threshold we speak about, 90.5% rostered, but he's out there in 10% of leagues, has the Cardinals and feels as safe a player as there is, QB5 on the season, still available in 10% of leagues. Somehow, 74.2% rostered, has the Rams, hasn't dipped below 18 points since week seven. Jordan Love, 76.2, he has the Tampa Bay pass funnel, although last week we spoke about the main show, makes me a little bit more cautious about that. And then Matthew Stafford was 53% rostered when we recorded the main show early in the week, is now 72% rostered. He has Washington, followed by New Orleans next week, and then the Giants in week 17. So he's probably your best bet on the wave white if you're trying to find a QB. Other side of the ball, though. Time to get defensive. The first defense to think about is the Broncos this week. They're only 33% rostered. And they're on the verge of being a top 10 fantasy defence. In five of the last six weeks, they've been double figures in terms of scores. So they're in red hot form. 
Yes, they've got the Lions this week, who are normally, you know, a very good offence, put up big numbers, but they've been off form recently. They've struggled a little bit. So certainly think about the Broncos. The other defence to maybe think about are the Bengals. Um, now, the Bengals are 28% rostered. Finally, it seems that the defence have woken up and they've made some huge plays over the last couple of weeks without anything spectacular score-wise from a fancy perspective. I expect them to stifle whoever they come up against at quarterback uh, this week for the Vikings, whether that's Mullins or Dobbs. But I would also say, um, and I've banged on about this defence a lot this year, the Vikings are still unbelievably only 19% rostered, yet they're a top four fancy defence. As the Americans might say, go figure. Put it to the vote. Uh, so last week we looked at rookie wide receivers and we gave you, well, there was the top four on the board you'd vote from and we could have comments underneath for any extras. How many extras do you think we got up from apart from our top four list? Uh, I think maybe 26.3 thousand? Zero. zero. Okay, zero. Because we clearly picked the top four <laughs> wide receivers. So you've got Nakua, Addison, Dell and Flowers. Who do we reckon will be top? Well, I assume Nakua, but I went for Dell. Yeah, it was Nakua by a mile. 55% for Nakua, 5% for Addison. 27% for Dell and then just 13% for Flowers. I mean, you'd be happy to have picked any of those up this year. Yeah, yeah, all, all yeah. great wide receivers. I mean, Nakua's looked particularly impressive. I mean, partially to do with obviously Cup struggling, but yeah. still, you know, he's kept himself on the ball and pretty impressive. I think it'll be interesting next season if we try to put some of these sorts of polls dotted throughout the season and watch how that shifts as the landscape of the, uh, the NFL changes. So this week, we're actually going to have a look at tanking. And we're not talking about rebuilding. We're talking about... Trading away your players, trading away things to get picks, that's one thing. And, you know, people have different opinions about that. But I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. You're sacrificing any chance you have of winning. You know, you're giving up good quality to try and get those picks and improve later on. But we're talking about tanking. So specifically, leaving players out. You know, let's say you've got Jamar Chase and actually you're very close to getting a very, very early pick. Do you... You know, how do you feel about people leaving players like that? Because obviously you're both commissioners and it can affect things like going into the playoffs, who ends up, you know, if if you're looking to get in and someone tanks and that kicks you out of the playoffs because someone yep. hops above you, you know, that can cause problems in league. Yeah, I'm not I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know why, but I don't feel comfortable when, when you know, you've got a chance of winning a matchup and you're, you're actively removing players from your lineup. But then... Is that that different from trading away your picks and tanking in that respect? I, I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, an issue that I have. I think it's an interesting one when you look at yeah the different ways to go about it. And we've spoken a few times that I think we feel confident with the players involved in our dynasty leagues that everything is done in the right way, integrity-wise. I think leaving players who are out completely and guaranteed to score zero is one thing. Swapping it round is a different thing. I mean, mm. there was one league I was I was planning to tank this year because I was in rebuild last season and it's gone horribly wrong. I've ended up getting into the playoffs <laughs> because a few players that I thought were going to be solid next year have come good. So it was a league where I had the first pick last year. Obviously took Bijan, took a gamble on Sam Laporta at the start of the second round, thinking yeah. for future years. See, it went horribly wrong for me. And my tank oh, yeah, it must a... be awful being so good at fantasy football. <laughs> and tank well, I, I misread the lineup. Um, so I think leaving players just on the bench is one thing because that is not your strongest team. The one place I do agree with leaving players out, and we've seen a massive furore cause in one of our leagues, is when someone who was in full rebuild left really solid players on his taxi squad until he put them into the main lineup. So I think he had in Jamar Chase's second year, oh, yes. in, he still had him on his taxi squad. Yeah. But he quite happily justified, I've never activated him because I've not 
my rebuild is not over yet. That yeah. is part of my future rebuild. I quite like that as using what you've got available. I think if that's active, tactically, yeah. yeah. If they're active, make them active. Yeah. If they're not yet active, like fair dues. Yeah, and obviously people cannot, you can miss one, can't you? you know, we've all had it where you think, oh my God, I've not put him in and we've not swapped him out. You know, it's not always deliberate, but we talk, you know, we're talking about people going out of their way to lose. So yeah, let's hear your votes, hear your opinions. I'm fairly sure this will be one where no one will say, I'm not too fussed. <laughs> yeah, there people will be feel some very strong. strong. <laughs> Beat the waiver wire. So a couple of players for you to have a look at this week, both wide receivers. First up, Demarcus Robinson, uh, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Only 7% rostered. Uh, my initial advice is proceed with caution, uh, but he has had back-to-back double-figure scores and back-to-back touchdowns. He had 10 targets last week, but only caught three of them. He is a bit unreliable, but looks like he might get a starting berth because Tutu Atwell is in concussion protocol. And he does have, or the Rams have, a very tasty matchup against the Commanders this week. And the other wide receiver is someone we spoke about on the main show, and that is Wandale Robinson, wide receiver with the Giants. 21% rostered. He had a great week 14, an impressive stat line, 6 of 7 for 79 yards. But he looked good doing it, which is the important thing. Tough matchup against an improving Saints defence. But Robinson and DeVito seem like they might have got something good going. So maybe someone worth a flex spot. Oh. The injury report. Oh, 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 oh. Players you may be without then this week, and it's a longer list than normal on a Friday. So a few updates from our main show. Justin Herbert is now out for the season. And it looks to be a rocky road ahead for LA based on what we saw yesterday. CJ Stroud didn't practice on Thursday, so it's highly unlikely he'll play on Sunday due to his concussion. Kenny Pickett is definitely out Sunday. Shame. Just for <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor won't return this week. Brees Hall limited again on Thursday. He's been carrying an injury for a while, though, so watch those updates. Is that injury his back from carrying the Jets' offense? Um, (laughs) Devon Achan, toe, missed Wednesday and Thursday. Most of it was back in practice on Thursday, but it was limited. And Tyreek Hill missed Wednesday and Thursday. I'm sure he's going to want to be playing to try to get to that 2,000 yards. Whether the Dolphins' coaching system will let him do that, we shall see. Pacheco missed practice again Thursday. Looks like we'll have a busy Sunday on start sits again, being asked about McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. McKinnon is our answer. Yeah, that seems quite, yeah if I get that out now, just McKinnon, I wouldn't start a CH at any point. Darren Waller may be back. Feels like it'll be very risky unless you're desperate at tight ends, though. Brandon Cooks missed Thursday due to illness. Watch this space. Gallup could be more valuable this week, especially in DFS setup. ETN limited again on Thursday, so watch there as well. And finally, Justin Jefferson expects to have a normal workload on Sunday. Longer injury report than usual for Friday. So that is us. Your next time you'll hear from us will be Monday with the very exciting Festive 5 series kicking off. So keep your eyes out for that dropping on your podcast app of choice. But have we said all the things, gentlemen? Yeah, we're done. In that case, Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pesto Ed and Tom of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.